0: Got three people down there. The ball's up in the air. Caught! Touchdown! Caught by Westbrook for a touchdown. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cuz when I make it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to aid and when no make it go. You know I'm acting bad. Holly give them buffs with my Colorado sway. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we have a couple new things to look at. Um, first, and most importantly, Athlon Sports put out their all-pack 12 teams, their preseason all-pack 12 teams this morning. And so we're going to run through where they have the Buffaloes sitting. Um, this is one of the big ones. I'm trying to think. I think the, the AP might have... A preseason All Pac-12 team. I don't know if there's a coaches one. There's 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 three though. I know that there's three, and this is one of the three that are notable. You know that if if you get named All Conference by Athlon, you're All Conference. You know, or preseason All Conference too. So we're going to dig into all of that then later on we got more rankings to go through. Um, actually, I, I want to touch on, just briefly, uh, John Wilner put out their winners and losers of the basketball offseason. So, we'll we'll check that out, just the Colorado aspect. Um, you can you can start thinking now. Do you think Colorado won or lost this offseason? Curious to hear what you come up with. Um, but, after we touch on that real quickly... We're going to move along and talk about uh, ESPN's quarterback rankings. Uh, they went through, they ranked every quarterback in college football, and we'll talk about where the bus fit in there. Um, so that's the plan for today. Um, I'll be back tomorrow with another podcast, hopefully talking about the Texas A&M game. I wanted to get a bit of a head start on digging into the film there, and I keep getting asked to do more things tomorrow. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to get all that done tomorrow. Um, if not, we'll, we'll figure something else out. Um, got like go into the studio and record a thing. They have the draft podcast in the morning. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right. Jumping in here at the top. Like I said, Athlon sports put out. It's all preseason, all pack 12 team. I keep remembering to put that preseason in there. Um, it's a uh, again, kind of a, a big deal. You, you want to see where the buffs stack up. and I guess we might as well start at the top. Um, they did they did four teams, first team, second team, third team, fourth team. and Colorado did not get anybody onto the first team. Um, on the second team though, they have Isaiah Lewis. Um, as Colorado's lone representative, um we'll we'll just hit all these quickly and then come back and talk about them. Um, third team, Jalen Sami, Quinn Perry, Cole Becker, and then on the fourth team, you've got Brady Russell, Casey Roddick, and Josh Chandler Samato. um so that's that's seven players that's tied for the fewest. In uh, of any team in the Pac-12, um, that's uh, that's tied with Arizona and with UCLA. Um, I'm just gonna check real quick. So UCLA, they have Zach Charbonnet as a first teamer. Um, no, or Jacob coing the wide receiver from Arizona, is also a first teamer. So tied. Oh, and they also had a first team punter down at Arizona and first team kick returner at UCLA. So. Two apiece for Arizona and UCLA when it comes to first-teamers. Um, and those are the two who are tied with Colorado for the fewest selections here. Um, with Colorado's best being Isaiah Lewis on the second team. Obviously, that's uh, not ideal. You were hoping for better. But I don't think that anybody's all that surprised. I do want to get into the details here um, because, again, just the the players that were chosen, where they were chosen – it's interesting, um, Isaiah Lewis coming in as the only Buffalo, the, the the highest ranked Buffalo. If you had told me that there was going to be one second teamer on this team, I wouldn't have come up with um, Isaiah Lewis. You know, I probably was started by looking at the defensive line, maybe make a case for Guy Thomas. Although it's been really tough to get up there as a linebacker, Carson Wells knows all about that. Um, but I would have been surprised to hear um, Isaiah Lewis. Um, you understand, though, once you start to think about why he would be there, um, because he does have he does have traits that stand out. You know, he he was the leading tackler at Colorado last year. That counts for something. If he's your leading tackler again this year, that's half of the case that you need to to get onto an all pack twelve team. Um if you wind up, intercepting four passes, you know, that's a pretty big number. But you could see how, you know, week one you get a nice bounce. Week two you get another nice bounce. And then all of a sudden you're looking at two over the course the next ten, 10 games. All these things, it always feels like it just comes down to getting off to a hot start. But if you wind up with a few interceptions leading the team in tackles, there you go. I mean, that's a, that's a solid resume right there. And on top of that, you also know that he's going to be on the field which is true of probably eight guys, 10 guys on the roster you know they're going to be on the field. You know Alex Fonteno is going to be on the field, Brady Russell is going to be on the field. RJ Sneed's is going to be on the field. So, you know, being in that category obviously helps. Um so we'll uh we'll see what happens. Weirdest thing just happened. I'm just I I'm doing this from my apartment and like the window's open just like hanging out and th- there was a lady walking her dog. She just like walked halfway up the block. And then there was another person there. She just handed her the leash. Just out of nowhere. That must have just met right there. I don't know. Strange. Strange because then he just walked away. But um, yeah, so Isaiah Lewis coming in the top spot. He, to me, is a player who belongs as a starter at the Pac-12 level. Is he going to get on the second team? I don't know. There's there's some hype now at least. There's some hype, te- or hype now at least. Um, from there, like I said before, Jalen Sami, Quinn Perry, Cole Becker, they make it onto the third team. Quinn Perry, I think makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's easy to, again, like if he had started every game last year, he probably would have been the leading tackler. I think he was like five tackles behind Isaiah Lewis and obviously didn't play nearly as much. And if, if, He's a middle linebacker who racks up 100 tackles this season. He's going to be in good shape. We'll see what this linebacker group looks like this year. I think a lot of things are really up in the air. I mean, uh, the safest bet is still that Quinn Perry, Josh chandler Tomato, and Robert Barnes are your starters. Marvin Ham was the... The the other starter in spring ball before Josh Chandler Someto got to town, and that does cause a little bit of doubt. Like, are they so sure that Robert Barnes is physical enough to be an every down linebacker and play the run game, or do they want Marvin Ham there instead? You know, do they do they look at what Quinn Perry does and say, yeah, you're you're a good tackling linebacker, but we're pretty solid up front, and we can justify. Putting Marvin Ham in instead, maybe moving Josh Chandler's tomato into the middle from the he's probably on the weak side would be my guess. Um, it's it's possible, it's possible, and and then that's before you even get into you know do do you want to see uh, Owen Carey? Does Owen Carey impress you during camp? And you say we got to get him on the field. Um, what do you what do you think of Mister Williams? Do you think he's ready? Could could he be a potential replacement for Quinn Perry? So. I do think that putting Quinn Perry on this list probably does make some sense. He played well against the run last year. Um, and he seems to be in good position to do the same thing. Uh, we, we know what Nate Landman did with that role before. We saw some pretty big numbers from Quinn Perry when he took over. So, again, I, I guess the biggest question is just how much is he going to be on the field um, in, in particular, on third downs. Like, there's a chance they lose the starting job. I'd be pretty surprised by that. Um, but what happens on third down? Do you say the combination of Perry and Barnes gives us a, a good combination of ability to play the run and coverability? Do you say. Barnes has improved as a as a tackler. Why not throw Josh Chandler's tomato out there, and then all of a sudden you're you're more mobile at the second level. Marvin Ham could be a similar conversation. So there are a couple question marks there with Quinn Perry, um, but maybe maybe afterward we'll talk about players who could have made this list. You know, could have been a part of these this group of seven. Um, Jalen Sami. Yeah, it makes sense. I think this is probably like Jalen Sami on the third team. Yeah, sign me up. All adds up to me. Can't really argue with that. Um, big stout run defender. I and mean, you could make the case that Niam Rodman should make this list over him. I'm actually gonna double check and make sure they say defensive tackle. Oh yeah, they say defensive line. So I don't say nose tackle is my question. If they say nose tackle, it's like yeah, it that's that Sami. Um, but Niam Rodman coming off a season where he had five and a half sacks. It was. I don't think it was five and a half sacks. That sounds wrong when I say it. I'm pretty sure it was five and a half tackles for loss, which is significantly more than um, than what you got from Sami. Like that's just not the the game that he plays. Yeah, two sacks, five and a half tackles for loss. Um, but but Sami, again, like he's a big clogger up front. But when you're saying put him on the third team, yeah, he's really good at what he does. You just can't really get above the third team unless you're adding that some some sort of pass rushing ability is probably what it comes down to. But yeah, he he fits in probably where he should. Uh, Cole Becker, the kicker, we know he's good, and I mean it. I, I, I would have understood how they justified not putting him on this list. I would have seen why they'd put him up even on the, like the second team, not knowing who the best kicker is. Um, who knows, maybe first as well. He uh, obviously didn't have like a, a perfect year last year, but he's also a true freshman. Has the reputation, has the history to, to make you think that he can live up to preseason third-team hype pretty easily. Uh, just got to go do it. Probably fits in at the right spot. Uh, fourth team, Brady Russell. So... This is another one that nothing really would have surprised me if they started the Brady Russell hype going and said like, yeah, he's our second team tight end. I would have, I would understood um, if they left him off. Again, you, yeah, it's Colorado. You understand how that can happen. Um, just looking real quick, so Brant Keithy's in front of him. Benjamin Urasek. So I don't know much about him from Stanford. I'm a, oh, and I guess third team. Who's the third team tight end? Uh, da, 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 third. Team offense. There we go. Oh, Dalton Kincaid from Utah. Yeah, so two Utah tight ends in the top three. Bold, but not necessarily wrong. And um, I guess, yeah, I would have put Brady in front of Kincaid. I'll say that. I, 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 I would have. Um, just because if you're project projecting the the numbers you're probably going to get better production at Brady Russell. I mean, that was Colorado's leading receiver in terms of receptions and yards last year, and he did his best work as a blocker. So with that combination, it does seem like you could pretty easily justify him in front of Kincaid. Still, though, just in a vacuum, fourth team preseason. Yeah. Yeah, again, that probably is about what you do expect. Um also on the fourth team, Casey Roddick. Um, he's another one that I think you could have made the case for putting him up higher. It's just that, that the offensive line is so bad last year, and Casey himself did not have a great year. Um, you can't complain too much about him being on the fourth team. Um, but it does back up kind of what we've been saying, that that's the one guy that you really look to and say, okay, you have a good lineman. Now can you build a group around him? Can he lead a group or, or however this needs to work out? Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Casey's able to work his way up higher by the end of the season. Also wouldn't be surprised if the line's so bad that you just can't justify a Colorado lineman here. You know, you gotta see the improvement. You can't just assume it's going to happen. Um Josh Chandler Samato also on that fourth team. It's uh it makes sense. Like it's just such an unknown that picking out a specific spot for him is tough. Even deciding like do you include him, do you include Robert Barnes? Um, that then you look and you know, Chandler Samato, thirty-one game starter. I think he was honorable mention all big twelve at one point. Um so you give him the edge because he's done it before. And I think expecting him to step in and be a fourth team type of linebacker it's possible. I mean, first team's possible. Not being on the list is possible. Coming off the bench is possible. So, total shot in the dark there. They want to put him on the fourth team. I can't argue with that. Um, because I think you do put him ahead of Robert Barnes. and I guess Guy Thomas is probably the other... That'd be the one that you wonder if maybe he should be there instead. Um Cool. This is also interesting how they put this together, because it's like five linebackers on all these teams. One, two, not on all of them. So, like first team is four linebackers, four defensive linemen. Fourth team, four defensive linemen. One, two, three. I guess that's only four linebackers. Maybe I'm crazy. Was it third team they did something weird? One, two, three, four, five. Five linebackers on the third team with five defensive linemen, two corners, two safeties. So uh, who knows what they're thinking here, but is what it is. And that's the group that's on there. And just kind of to close things out, I mean, players who were omitted, snubbed, I think Guy Thomas is a place you look, big upside there. Uh, Terrence Lang, He he's coming off a down year, you know, and, and even in his on years, you're still looking at that and saying like, oh, I think there's another level. I think I think you can pick up seven sacks, eight sacks, nine sacks. Um, just gotta be that guy. And coming off a down year, not being included on the four teams. Let me just look at the names on that fourth team: Jalen Harris, Corey Foreman from USC. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's a tough group to crack. So I don't think you can complain too much. Um, but when they're putting five linebackers on some of these teams, not getting Guy Thomas in is is rough. Um, who else I'm just trying to think quickly I mean we brought up Niam Rodman if Sami's on the third team Niam Rodman on the fourth team probably would have made sense again defensive line is tough do you really put him front I th- that's tough I think uh, we. Uh, it's so easy to look at guys in terms of potential and Terrence is a guy who has crazy potential so we hype him up a lot um, and uh, again that 2019 season he was a really good football player and twenty twenty there were some really good things um and and honestly, I think he might have been on pace for even better stats um yeah, he didn't have the sacks that's what was missing um but i mean twenty nineteen five and a half sacks that's in twenty twenty two we should be expecting like ten sacks, right so you have that you also have Niam Rodman, who was very explosive, kind of on the come up he'll be he'll be a junior this year senior this year i thought junior because of the um covid year but i gotta double check make sure i'm not saying anything wrong yeah he's a junior this year so Sami, me niam has not red shirted that's the difference that's right um so yeah i think niam Rodman could have a, a claim for sure corners they're just unproven I think like Nico Reed sneaking on as a returner or something you could have seen, but I Nigel Bethel's probably at the top of the list and he just hasn't spent enough time on the field to to justify it. At safety, you got Isaiah Lewis on. Um, you know, Trevor Woods is probably your other starter. I don't. I he he subbed in because of injuries last year, and um, we could be excited, but expecting him to be one of the. I and mean, that's probably eight best safeties in the conference, four best free safeties in the conference. That'd be pretty bold at this point. Offensively, you know, quarterbacks, we're going to get into some of these quarterback rankings. Uh, the No surprise, they're not included. Um, Alex Fontenot, probably not. Again, if he did get on, it's probably more circumstance. There was also a list that came out today. It was from one of these it was one of the like Sports Illustrated team sites, maybe the Arizona State site. One of one of the Pac-12 teams. They just ranked all of the, the running backs and we weren't going to get into that today. But Alex Fontenot came in ninth. Um, but if you're ninth in the conference in terms of talent, but you're second in terms of opportunities, then you could totally see how that could wind up with being a top four back. Um, still though, not included. Um, there were no full backs listed. I'd be curious if, Jay Lee would have been considered. I don't know what the fullback scene is like. Tight end, you got Brady on. No, no, Nothing else really to talk about at this point. Um, receiver, RJ Sneed could have been on. Honestly, maybe, I think should have been on. But again, if you're projecting production, you have to factor in quarterback play and the offensive line and the protection and, and the passing game was so bad last year that I understand being a little bit cooler on the receivers. But I do think that R.J. Sneed, I mean, he's going to be your leading receiver and I I I'd guess that it looks something like he has 800 yards, S- number two receiver has 525 or something like that. Like I do think that there's a pretty wide gap between him and the others and I wouldn't be surprised if he's on this list at the end of the year. Would not be surprised at all. Um, maybe he, we might be able to call him a snub. Um, again, other receivers. You got guys who could jump out, right? Like, Montel Craig could take that step. Um, what is Maurice Bell? You know, these are conversations we have a lot. Um, but picking one of them and saying that's one of the, whatever, it's probably three per team, one of the 12 best receivers in the conference. Yeah, it probably can't do that. Probably can't do that right now. Um, And then on the offensive line, they included Casey Roddick. I guess you'd probably expect Tommy to be your second best lineman this year if you just had to guess right now. Um, But again, just not proven enough to be put on any of these teams. So what what were the big snubs we came up with? Potentially Nyam Rodman, potentially Terrence Lang. Guy Thomas probably has the biggest beef. And RJ Sneed probably right behind him. so there you go. And let's just say they do include those four players, um which would mean the like the entire starting defensive line. Uh you'd be looking at 11 on the team. So that'd be behind Oregon with 12, USC with 16, Utah and Washington with 12. So again, i not that that really matters, but it does give you a good target, right? Just to be able to say, like, we're we're calling these the good players in this league. These are the good players on these four teams. And all of a sudden, if you're able to have have these seven live up to the hype, which, you know, Quinn Perry needs to do. Josh sheldon Tomato needs to do, which is interesting to say because he was I mean, a 31-game starter. He's probably proven it more than anybody else on this list. Um, but those guys hold serve, and then all of a sudden, you get four more guys who get here by the end of the year. All of a sudden, you're looking at an average team in terms of good players. Um, Just asking RJ Sneed, Naeem Rodman, Terrence Lang, and uh, Guy Thomas to to kind of take that final step. So, not that far off when you look at it that way. Um, I think that does it for that, though. Real quick, Breckenridge Brewery is awesome. I'm headed to this Avs game. We're only two hours away from puck drop. I've still got to, like, clean up. I've got to take a shower. I should eat dinner beforehand, except I, I do like the chicken fingers there. But um, point is, I will be drinking the Avalanche at the Avalanche game because that's what you do. Um, and even if you're not going to the Avalanche game, there's so many awesome beers from Breckenridge. The Vanilla Porter, the Strawberry Sky is great this time of year. All the seltzers are awesome. So... Definitely check those out, and you can do that by using the Beer Locator on Breckenridge Brewery's website. Uh, It'll tell you exactly where to pick up, anything that you want to try, regardless of where you are in the country. Uh, So definitely get in on that. Also, want to tell you guys about Sexy Pizza. I read this thing wrong and thought we were talking about Ivaca, but I was like, we don't have that ad on this one. Um, But no, Sexy Pizza. Sexy Pizza. It's a really, really good pizza. They've got all the different toppings. They've got gluten-free options, vegan options, all that sort of stuff. So definitely check it out. They've got four locations in Denver. They've got another one down in Trinidad if you're around there for some reason. Um, It's really good stuff. Ask ask everybody you know, and there will be plenty of them who've had it, and they'll all say it's really good. Um, Also, Philanthropies. They have different nonprofits. Build a pizza, and anytime somebody orders one of those, then they get a portion of the proceeds. So it's cool stuff like that. They do important part of the community here in Denver. So eat some sexy pizza. Okay, we are going to – oh, I did say we're going to touch on this real quickly. Uh, John Wilner put together his winners and losers of the offseason, the basketball offseason, I should say. Um, so again, headline, winners, losers from NBA draft decisions and transfer portal moves. Um, we're not going to dig into all of it, but we are going to talk about what he had to say about Colorado. And that's this, uh, first of all, key departures, Jabari Walker, Evan Batty, Keyshawn Bartholomew. Yep, There it is. Um, I guess you probably could have added Elijah Parquet to that list. You just didn't have him for the second half of the season. So it doesn't feel like the loss, but, um, Definitely a player you would like to have. Um, notable additions, uh, you've got Jalen Gabadon from Yale, Ethan Wright from Princeton, Joe Hurlbert, the recruit. Yeah, those are probably uh, correct. Um, the comment... Walker is one of the most significant losses in the Pac-12, but hardly the only departure for a program that had been a model of roster stability. The outlook isn't entirely grim for CU, however. Several talented underclassmen are expected to return. Verdict? Loser. Uh, Yeah, all right. Uh, right. It'd be really nice if you had Jabari. It'd be nice if you had the whole team, but that's not how this works. Um, But they still got some talent. They're going to be just fine. Um, although, you know, now you're... Instead of talking about winning the Pac-12, finishing first, you're trying to get into that top four again. Whereas if you had Jabari, you had a real chance to win the regular season. Okay, Uh, this other thing, though, that I want to spend a little bit more time on. So ESPN, like I said, put out a list of all of the quarterbacks in college football. It's David Hale who did this. Um, They don't rank all the quarterbacks. They put them into tiers. So there's 25 tiers tiers, and obviously with 130 schools, that leaves a couple per tier, so you kind of get some rankings. Uh, we're going to touch on the Pac-12 guys and just where they fit in. Tier 1, there's three of them. I call them Heisman or Bust. Yeah, that's... We might as well say all three. CJ Stroud from Ohio State, Bryce Young from Bama, Caleb Williams from USC. Uh, he actually has Caleb Williams number two right in front of Bryce Young. So... Actually, are these tiers alphabetical they might be yeah definitely alphabetical inside the tier so top three top three is where they have him um we'll just move on we don't need to be reading about these guys tier two three more players notably utah's cam rising that's higher than i expected um and and i'm curious we're actually so he says Where'd this go? Uh, Rising didn't open the year as Utah's starter, but once he took over he was superb, finishing just shy of 3,000 total yards with 26 touchdowns going 9-2 and two as the starter. Uh, the Utes scored 79 points in those two losses. Crazy to think about, um, but up real high. There's some respect for Cam Rising, and uh, that is something that we will be noting on this podcast. You know, I had him as like a definitely like a top 3 4 quarterback in the Pac12 but top 6 in the country oof we'll see um to 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 a nobody to b nobody from the Pac12 uh tier 4 is, oh so they good oh there is a tier 3 in there also nobody um and i accidentally swiped out of this tier 4 Tier 4. Um there are four more players and one of them is UCLA's Dorian Thompson-Robinson. That's a it's an interesting place for him. Um I we've talked about him a little bit on this podcast but where exactly does he fit in in the Pac-12 quarterback rankings? Like he could be number 2, he could be number 7 is probably his floor this season. Um But yeah, Tier 4 25 tiers. A little bit high, but we, we won't hate too much on uh, the Pac-12 getting respect. Uh, tier 5, Washington State's Cameron Ward. So Cameron Ward is the transfer in from Incarnate Word, the FCS school. Uh, note here says 47 touchdowns, 4,700 yards. Good numbers. We'll see if it transfers. Um, I think, uh well, we'll keep going and then talk about whether this order is right because there's one big name that, Is not up here yet Um, nobody in tier six nobody in tier seven nobody in tier eight tier nine Stanford has Tanner McKee right there Um, that's a that's an interesting place for him in my opinion you know we've right now there's a lot of first round draft hype for him we'll start there there's a lot of people who think that's a really good quarterback because he has the size and the arm strength and the processing ability, all those sorts of things that make you think he's going to be a good quarterback. Um, I've pushed back on that a little bit. I'm not sure I push him all the way down to tier nine, which is the same tier that Oregon State has Chance Nolan or Tristan Gebbia, depending on who the starter is. I think there's a little bit of a gap. I think there's a little bit of a gap. I think Chance Nolan is a fun quarterback, um, if, if he's the starter, even. Um, but I do think that Tanner McKee belongs at least a tier in front of him. Um, and probably not far off then, not far off from where, uh, uh, Cam Ward is either. Uh, tier 10. Remember, this is out of 25. Um, Jaden Daniels is in here at LSU competing with Miles Brennan. Uh, that's notable. The transfer from Arizona state. Uh, you also have Washington's Michael Penix Jr., Dylan Morris, and Sam Heward. So I guess still competition. We've just been assuming that Michael Penix is going to take that job over from Dylan Morris, but maybe not. Um, I also, again, if Chance Nolan's Tier 9, I don't know why Michael Penix is Tier 10. I'll say that. Um, again, if Chance Nolan's Tier 9, I don't know why <laughs> Tanner McKee's Tier 9 either. Uh, but these guys are close together um we're maybe nitpicking saying which one's number five in the conference and which one's number six but it is just again the grand scheme of things kind of fun to see where they all fit together um tier 11 Bo Nix at Oregon again like who knows what he's going to be I think you look at what he did at Auburn and say that he was probably pretty consistently disappointing throughout his time there, but also this has to be year three as a starter for him, I would believe. I think that's right. I think that's right. So three years, age 18, 19. So this is age 20, 21 season. Expecting him to get a little bit better is fair. And also, I do think that it's probably easier to be successful as a quarterback at Oregon than it is at Auburn. So I I think maybe you expect him to be more of a tier 10, tier nine player because he goes to Oregon. Plus there's a good chance he's going to improve at least a little. Um, This feels a little bit low to me, but at the same time, like you get it. You absolutely get it. Um, Again, I should say that tier is called, maybe this is the year they put it all together. He's right there with like DJ Uigalele from Clemson and Graham Mertz from Wisconsin. It's so, like, yeah, this that that part of it is absolutely fair. Um Tier twelve. Uh we will throw Air Force. Uh, they've got Hazek Daniels notable because we're going to be seeing him this season. Uh tier thirteen, Arizona State is right there with Emery Jones and his competition. Um, that's probably fair. Right behind Bo Nix is probably about right. You know, I think the big question is, like, so we know that he's right behind Bo Nix. That put him in front of Chance Nolan, in front of Tanner McKee, or are there some guys down below who could surpass these two? That'd be a little bit more surprising to me. Um, Also, TCU is right here with Max Duggan. Um, So, again, just... Keep that in mind as we go through the season. Also, I think I skipped Minnesota. Yeah, Tanner Morgan is back. He's Tier 9. So all these kind of getting backed up in here. Moving along to Tier 14. Nothing. Tier 15. Nothing. Tier 16. We've got Cal with Jack Plummer, who transferred in from Arizona, and a couple of others. Um maybe a little bit high if anything maybe more tier 18ish but sure um nobody in tier 17 tier 18 is Jaden DeLora at Arizona Uh transfers from Washington State again like you could you could see him going up quite a bit higher than this you absolutely understand why he'd be right here tier 19 very notable Colorado's Brendan Lewis and JT Shrout um this honestly might be a little bit high, uh, and I hate to say things like that, but based on what we've seen, you probably expect more of a Tier 21 than a Tier 19. Again, it's nitpicking. Um, I do think, obviously, there's plenty of room for growth. I'm plenty of reason to think that the quarterback play will be better this year, and in that case, then maybe Tier 19 is right. Maybe Tier 15 is right. Um, we'll see, but that is where Colorado fits in tying duke and vanderbilt a uh, tier 20 nothing notable tier 21 once again nothing notable tier 22 Colorado State has clay millen in tier 22 that's that's notable i guess um nothing in tier 23 nothing in tier 24 Tiers get a little bit bigger here at the end. And then tier 25 is the the free agents who don't have jobs. I thought there was one more Pac-12 team after him, but I guess not. Hit Arizona, Arizona State, Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State, Cal, Stanford, USC, UCLA, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. So, yeah, I mean, got them all. Got them all. There we go. That's going to do it for today. That's going to do it for today. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow, like I said, probably talking about Texas A&M. I might have a bit of a time crunch, and we'll have to push that back to Saturday, but we'll figure that out when the time comes. Appreciate you all for listening. We'll be back soon.